You're listening to Catalyst Talks, conversations with change agents, outliers, superheroes, and truly conscious leaders modeling what it is to be an unstoppable force for good in this world. What lit these catalysts on fire to do their work, and what nuggets of wisdom can they share with the world literally on fire? The whole idea of Catalyst Talks and these conversations is to understand how these leaders have approached being on the leading edge of their truth, how did they uncover their purpose, and what does it really take to catalyze change and at scale? I'm your host, Stephanie Traeger. I'm a consciousness catalyst and soul coach to superstar change agents in business, leadership, and life. On this podcast, I wear an eclectic mix of hats, including earthkeeper, healer, coach, lawyer, business, and higher purpose strategist. My intention is holding space for higher purpose, peak wellness, and soul mastery so we can live in harmony with ourselves, each other, and nature. I'm here to awaken consciousness on this planet, unlock higher purpose, and learn what it really takes to catalyze change and at scale. Sasha Stone, you are a maverick truth leader on the front lines of a movement to protect, assert, create, and spread sovereignty among those who are awake to see beyond the veil of a narrative so wrought with mind control programs, untruths, dangers, and truly misleading agendas. I'm so humbled to hold space with you in this conversation. For folks listening, open your minds, be willing to expand your beliefs, open your heart to remember who you truly are and how much this resonates, really lean into that. Sasha, you've been in the underground or above ground for decades, seeking firsthand information from leading sources. And I wanna dive into this today about the dark side, the aspects of global society, political leadership and corporate domination, including intergovernmental collusion with the most deeply disturbing facts. And I've heard you speak of this for a long time. It's, it's quite unpalatable for many people. It's too out there to even listen to or believe and many folks call anything so far outside the mainstream primetime news a conspiracy theory. Though when I first heard you speaking in my core and gut, I knew this is my truth. So, you know, what you see, you see, and you can't unsee. You've worked at the NGO level, the UN, you've worked in the UN system. You've been an outspoken advocate for human rights and natural justice. You've initiated peace initiatives and education programs, lobbied against human rights abuses in different parts of the globe, and continue to prosecute for the protection of vanguard innovators, scientists, and doctors. I'm curious to talk today about the New Earth Project, your work uh, as a founder of the ITNJ, the International Tribunal for Natural Justice, which I need to get involved in as a lawyer by training, but I won't practice in a system that, uh, that doesn't really stand for the truth. You've been inquiring and reporting about human trafficking, child sex abuse, the most disgusting lows humans could go. And now you've launched the weaponization, uh, an inquiry into the weaponization of the biosphere and, and the Corona COVID RNA medical device, aka vaccine story we're, we're listening to as, as it's being unleashed on humanity. And now I want to turn over the mic to you because all of these things that you stand for, the, the many other things that you've done and accomplished and what you speak on, what you always, you, I always see you weave into your work and your conversations and, and the events that you hold is this real stand for awakening consciousness, right? Because as we wake up, we can connect these dots and see more, the, the interdimensional aspects of reality that most people don't see. So kicking off, please share your philosophy on this unawake, the awakening you see happening and at the same time, the collective, uh, the chronic collective cognitive dissonance you see unfolding in this era of COVID corona. Well, very good, uh, nice, nice to be with you and thank you for that introduction. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the word awake and awakened three times and not woke, um, because there's a, a huge chasm between this new um, moniker to be woke uh, as opposed to be uh, awakened. Um, we've been infiltrated um, as a species. We've been interceded in um, as a species. We have been fictionalized as living men and women of the living soil, we have been downgraded um, through millennial cult programming uh, as sons and daughters of God from that status to the status of being fictionalized plantation slaves living in a grotesque holographic field of expression, which is ideated and determined by egregores, lower elemental astral cloud intelligences, aka demonic realms, which operate apparently with impunity 
and vicariously through their proxies who are amongst us as our brothers and sisters working as parliamentarians, working as congressmen and women, working as police in costumes, working as bureaucrats and technocrats, working as lawyers and judges and doctors and scientists and public health administration officials and butchers and bakers and candlestick makers. So I've tried in three minutes just to bring the meta-dimensional aspect of the shadow uh, from the egregore level at the galactic plane level, bringing it all right down to you and me sitting in our cave, in our hamlet, in our town, in our village, in our city, quarantined away from reality, quarantined away from our divinity, masked forcibly against our reason and against our sanity and against our conscience and against our divinity. On the precipice of a cataclysmic changing of the guards with what is purported to be happening on the 20th of January in the United States of America, United States of America being the world, representing the whole of humanity, the cauldron of humanity. And that cataclysmic dateline that we have in a few days hence is going to determine whether or not the collective field of consciousness on this plane of existence moves into the fiction, the shadow of who we are, who we be, or if it bifurcates away from that and becomes the organic, the sentient, the living, you and I. So we really are having the ultimate conversation at the, <laughs> at, the, at the end of days, at the fall of evil empire, which might just be segueing into the very worst aspect of its nature of evil empire with the sock puppet, Joseph Biden and his venal little turds masquerading as leaders who are all in breach, all committing fraud, all committing treason against the living souls. That's where we've arrived. That's what power apparently has eventuated into. That is what our incredibly long and sophisticated systems have led us to, of civilization, of culture, of social norms, of morality, and so on. Well, how fucked up is that? That, that we, we, have been, we have brought ourselves as lemmings to a cliff where we're about to have 7 billion needles introduced forcibly into human flesh. To breach the flesh is to breach sovereignty at the highest level of soul. When any object penetrates you, it's rape, okay? That's what it is. So we now have government, which is the state, which is the crown, which is the fiction, which is the parent corporation, which is the diabolical, which is the demonic realm made manifest. We have that creature poised to rape our bodies, every single man, woman, and child on earth. So how, how else to describe the dystopia of the status quo than the way I've just described it? Now, the question is, of course, where do we take the jive from here? And that's, of course, a conversation which I greatly welcome. Thank you, Saja. We are going there for sure. I want to just ask you a question about... Uh, you know, you speak of the energies 
And you really unlocked the true definition of what the energies are, the dark energies. And so few people are able to or willing to really uh, use the words you use to describe what they are, right? It's oh, the dark side, the energies. And so, I mean, ancient spiritual texts speak of these energies in the same definition and the truth of what they are. So how, you know, how do you, how do you respond to those who say anything so out there is a conspiracy theory? Uh, it is a, a conspiracy is my response. It's a vast epochal conspiracy. Um, is it theoretic? It's, it's theoretic. Anything is theoretic until it's actualized. Um, sadly, the theories have actualized all of them, every single one of them. So my answer to any, anyone, anyone who dares to pose that question now after watching the entire planet um, commit suicide, socio-ecological, socio-economic suicide over the last nine, 10 months of insanity, with an invisible bug that doesn't actually in and of itself exist with uh, piles and piles of bodies redolent of the black plague uh, in the streets that were tripping over dead bodies, which is why we need to all vaccinate ourselves and mask ourselves and go into this bizarre um, apocalyptic psycho-emotional reactivity. Um, what I would say uh, to your liberal intellectual friends is get well soon. Those are my three words, get well soon. Anyone who has failed thus far in the course of the last uh, sun cycle, one year, to identify the madness of the status quo is not somebody who is going to be redeemed from their own insanity. So get well soon is my response. I don't have time, inclination or wherewithal to play ping pong with imbeciles, with juveniles or with delinquents. So I don't care about uh, feeding a response to the kind of person who would uh, put that kind of question forward at this time in our uh, evolution. We've passed that. That was a question for three years ago. That was a question for 30 years ago, 300 years ago, and 3,000 years ago. It does not apply right now. We are at the end of days. It is Armageddon. We are in as advanced as a dystopia as we've ever been as a civilization or as a species. Um, we're about to, as I said, allow for a um, satanic, luciferic, uh, oxidative enzyme uh, with a chemotherapy, which is what this vaccination is. It's not a vaccine at all. Uh, it's a chemical uh, treatment in order to endogen endogenously tamper or modify the RNA of human beings and weaponize every single human being on the planet uh, with uh, microtransmission technology and reception technology. That's what these nanobots are. That's what this bizarre um, uh, chemical compounds uh, are. That's what glyphosates are a part of and the fluoride in the water supply and the barium and the sodium and the, and the uh, sorry, not the sodium, the barium and the phosphates raining down through geoengineering all of the glyphosates in the, in, the, in the world food supply. All of these are chemical poisons and synthetic molecules that are connected to a long-standing uh, eugenics agenda. Now, I just got off a, uh, a, a Zoom call a moment ago with two of the leading um, legal brains in the world. I won't name them because I don't have their permission. One of them is the biggest brain in the world in uniform commercial code, univer universal commercial code. Um, and another one is regarded as the leading light in the world in natural and common law. Okay. And I, I then had a phone call just ended at 10 minutes ago with the US Postmaster General, who is the US Supreme uh, Justice, the highest judge of the, of, the, of the Supreme Court. I know a fair bit about law and about natural law, common law, statutory fictional law, and, and universal uh, commercial code. I, I know enough about the Geneva Convention and about the Nuremberg Code and the Nuremberg Principles and the foundational right to life to be able to speak to this for months. Okay, um, none of that is none of that is conspiracy or theory. That's called that's the alphabet, the metric upon which we have constructed our civilization. 
and and none of that has amounted to anything more than us being on the edge of a precipice right now as a species about and and the only thing standing between us and that extermination is our own capacity to understand the geometry of now or not the the capacity for us to engage pure truth in one lucid moment in time which is now and those of us who are able to step outside of the fiction of our lives and the hubris of our idiot standing as a phd of this or a phd of that because all of that education is cult programming all of it is moot all of it especially when you're talking about law and economics the two horns of the devil when you've got bill gates a generational sociopath actually i refer to him as a wankopath who is a hybrid creature that's been dreamt up manifested into the field as a kind of archetype that is projected into the field courtesy of the unresolved aspects of of us when the anthony fauci's of this world lurch into view and become for 50 years the most powerful public health administrator chief in the world who determines the fate of humanity and he's a venal little turd of a human being entirely ill-equipped for purpose who incidentally has a dr hawking's a scalar soul frequency level of a rat in a sewer fact fact that's pure science and so does bill gates by the way marginally higher no bill gates uh, latest reading was 10 which is the signature of pure destructivity we're in we're in deep doo-doo we're in deep deep doo-doo and it's not the time for us to be having um suburban um dialectic about conspiracy theories we are living at the end game of a vast epochal conspiracy the conspiracy is called government which means govern to control meant mind mind control that's what government is government is the extension or the franchise of the church with all the ecclesiastical privileges dreamt up by the roman catholic church which of course splintered into a multiplicity of different churches but we could talk about the hindu faith i can take you right back to the upanishads the bhagavad gita the mahabharata we could talk about buddhism and go right back to the genesis of that story arguably the only um decent uh, uh religious myth would be that of the the buddha and i'm somebody who is very much um connected to the christed message but Christ as in divine nature, as in sons and daughters of God, all of us. The bottom line here is that my answer to anyone who is daring to raise controversy over the most controversial epoch in history is somebody who needs, uh, probably needs the medical attention that apparently they crave so much from this oxidative enzyme, which incidentally, once it goes into your blood, that's it, baby, it's in. Okay, check it out, CRISPR technology. Check out what it does. It's over. It's, it's, a, it's a culling technology and it can be triangulated in every single human body. So it identifies you and your unique signature. It can, it can then be triangulated in you because it's a weapon system which can effectively mutate in any number of ways depending on how the invisible masters choose to dial into the isotope frequencies of your DNA, your RNA, your cellular matrices, your atomic matrices. We're at that borderline supernatural twilight zone in the great reckoning. Okay. All I'm saying here is written about in the good book. Go back and refer to that. The point is, are we able or prepared or willing to actualize? within this apprehend the fiction the shadow the demon within self redeem oneself from that aspect salute it acknowledge it revoke the contract release it move into the christed light move into supernature move in thereby to coherence with 
the Godhead with the divine flame. And at that moment, at that perfect moment in the geometry of now, become an actualized Adamite, a true son or daughter of God most high. That is our calling. That is who we are in quintessence. Can you connect all of the, what you're talking about to the electrification of the planet? How does this weave into this accessing and modifying and manipulating the codes of our human existence? And of course, open the doors to where do we go from here? I'm not sure what you mean by the electrification of the planet, if you could just refine that question for me. The, the 5G technologies, the smart cities, the grid, the everyone yeah. thinking that this is sustainability and climate solutions and that whole narrative, like, let's just yeah. wipe that away. But what is that? Okay. okay. So, so good. So that is the, the, the place for us to start the narrative or the conversation would be the cult programming of the official narrative. The official narrative teaches us that we need to um, get bigger and better and stronger and reach further and download uh, Bollywood films much quicker and communicate through our gaming needs to be in a quantum flash of an instant. And we ought to be able to communicate to the other side of the universe um, using radio waves. That's never gonna happen incidentally. The only uh, wave form that can traverse the entire universe is the actualized human heart when it releases the empathic wave form, okay? So there you have it, empathy, compassion is the only waveform that can traverse the entire known universe. And that's truly the, 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 the true state of grace that, that we are invited into and meant to inhabit at all times as a species. But we're not, we've been lost uh, to ourselves uh, over millennia. 5G comes to us as an end of days gift uh, from the angry, jealous gods of old, um, Jehovah, um, Egregore, um, lower elemental cloud intelligences, which are now compressing the false light reality in the 3D temporal plane, pushing it into a maximum event horizon. So the 5G is the ultimate um, measure by which this this diabolical intelligence, this Borg intelligence is able to trigger and catalyze itself, its own ideation of itself into the temporal realm through the ethers to lock and load and be pegged into the RNA DNA of every sentient being on earth, thereby extracting the life force from every sentient being on earth. This is the ultimate attempt at meta-parasitic control over Gaia, Tara, Earth, humanity, okay? I'm not mincing my words because that's what it is. I can talk to you about how Thomas Edison and versus Nikola Tesla, uh, you know, who won that war, we all know, you know, cold electrical values which could have powered up our world a hundred years ago with so-called over unity or free energy technologies we would have been into terraforming other planets on the other side of the universe by now we're anti-gravitational cloaking technologies um, subspace uh, telecommunications broadcasting all of that stuff would have been the preserve of us right now you know the phase conjugation uh, technologies that could regrow mitochondria into its celestial default replicator technologies that could you could dial in uh, a series of algorithms and, and and manufacture a plate of whatever food you wanted to eat that technology is actually with us today we can we know how to do that we know how to create the environment and the pressure conditions to be able to to assemble uh, atoms molecules uh, in a certain configuration and geometry in order to replicate uh, a, a tagliatelle or a radish or a banana. It's not actually that complicated. We're not allowed to do it, of course. We're not allowed to practice real science or real art or craft in this world. All of that's been prohibited uh, by the 
uh, Spanish Inquisition 2.0, which is the status quo. It precludes us being able to explore any of these dimensions. 5G and the electrification, as you put it, of our reality is just the ultimate cloak or shroud of the diabolical trying for one last time to gain traction over the fabric of soul. It is not going to work. There will be collateral damage. There is already collateral damage. And a percentile of the human family will continue to be subjected to the mutations of the diabolical uh, electric uh, frequencies or the, the, the uh, incoherent frequency sets that are triggered by a so-called 5G, 5G, 4G, 3G, 2G, all the same thing, just at incrementally uh, worse um, uh, spectrum. But then again, as I mentioned a little earlier, glyphosates in the food supply, aluminum nanoparticulates that have rained down upon us for 30 odd years and have embedded themselves into every one of our bodies. All the pores in our bodies have become um, completely embedded and imprinted by these geoengineering chemtrail um, chemical toxins. The water supply, municipal water supply is utterly contaminated with mutant uh, chemical um, uh, uh, molecules, synthetic molecules. So it's, it abounds everywhere. All the incoherence out there, all disease, entropy, decay, death, all is as a result of incoherent frequencies that bring about mutations and metastases in the atomic, molecular, and cellular matrices of living systems. So once we understand that we are able to engage Christed nature, activate the so-called Atman, which is the supernature aspect, the Celestine blueprint that exists in, within, and behind all living systems, the divine blueprint, so to speak. When we recognize that the divine blueprint, the default is the I am, and that the fiction is the blood and bones that has been butchered and mutated and mindfucked by the systems, by the status quo, footbound and reduced and undignified, that that is not the I am. That is the, that is the person that's lurching around listening to the police and listening to the public officials and listening to the edicts coming out of government and being penalized every step of the way and being thrown behind bars or thrown under a bus every step of the way, being raped, being butchered, being manipulated, extorted, embezzled, defrauded. All of it is happening to us all the time at the high street level because that's what government is and that's what government does. It penalizes you, it taxes you, which is theft and fraud. Pure theft, pure fraud. 5G is not the threat. 5G is the benediction in as much as it is such an existential threat that it is waking us up within that, that threat. And it won't eventuate. I've said this from day one. It won't roll out in the way that people are expecting it to. It's going to cause some initial collateral damage. It's already begun. I, I can testify to that myself. I've been a victim of that. But it is not something which is going to gain traction beyond a certain threshold. The world is moving into its, its so-called ascension. We're moving into a supernature. Either which way that process has begun, it is an alchemical process. And there's a lot of hurt involved in that, that birthing or that rebirthing or that regenesis uh, process. Um, but we can choose, and this is, the, this is the, the measure of how remarkable the human technology is. We have, we have free will, we have choice. We can choose uh, to be mutated and butchered and undignified and raped um, and injected and surgically tampered with and, or, or, or not. 
I choose not. I choose not. I choose, I choose the Celestine template, which I see more and more keenly every day as I grow and evolve more and more into this temporal realm. I see it in ever starker contrast. How beautiful that divine immanent Celestine template is that exists behind the flowers in my garden and the trees and the rice fields and the clouds in the sky and the atmosphere and the, the twinkle at night in the skies and the, and the marble on the floors and the, my poodles running around, you know, in the butterflies and the birds. It's everywhere. I'm seeing increasingly that that immanent divine template is just waiting for us as the sons and daughters of God as the capacitors of imminent nature. We are the ones who have to say, my will be done, provided my will is in absolute coherence with thy will be done. And that's the real alchemy. So forget the church and the bullshit message sold to us by the church and the complete aberration and abomination uh, of the, the Bible as it has been rewritten um, in, and propagandized. But the, the real Christed message, which has nothing to do with the Bible, very little to do with the Bible, the real Christed message is there. And it, 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 it's those parts of the gospel which remind us, as I've been saying so many times this year, to see the world through the eyes of a child. Because it's that state of innocence that we can be, even as a crusty middle-aged old bohemian like me i can still take my throne in the seat of self and that is a very very sweet and pure place my state of witness is and it, it'll never move from that i won't allow it to i don't care how many times i'm violated or abused or hurt or betrayed it will never ever breach that that inner sanctum, because that is my Christed nature. I've already identified it as the Atman, as the I am. There is no temporal force in this world or the next that can cause harm to that sanctum. That's the state of grace, the state of being that invites us into transmuting and thereby transcending all the lower realms of expression and anchoring patterns of perfection into this world at the same time because that's our true function and thereby we become the arbiters the determiners and the architects of heaven on earth so to speak i have a question to i have two questions i want to ask first i want to just call our call everyone's attention to and remembrance to if this isn't connecting the dots aren't connecting in any of the poetry, the way that, you know, Sasha, you are explaining to people the reality, the an option for reality that is real. And if we think about indigenous cultures all over this planet and the illegality, who made it illegal for them to practice in the United States in, you know, for African slaves to practice their rituals and their, uh, you know, uh, spiritual practices, it's the indigenous people on this planet and the tribal nations who had still had that connection to the cosmos, to other dimensions. And that was dangerous. And we can look at that and read that in textbooks and, 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 and laws. There are actually laws that made it illegal in, in all countries around this world. And so uh, we just, you know, that doesn't apply to me, the white person, the privileged person, right? It doesn't apply to me. So just remember, everybody, we are all part of that. I'm curious, you know, really curious to hear you. I've heard you speak about this a little bit, but how did you awaken to the truth of reality? How did this, this portal start opening up for you? And uh, how did you start to see who was really leading this charge? Again, I'm sorry to do this, but I don't fully understand the question. I'm trying, but I didn't quite get it because we were talking about hereditary leadership at one point. I'm happy to speak to that. Um, but what could just define the question it is early hours of the morning for me. So possibly it's my brain. No, absolutely. You, you, uh, you talked about, you know, you had firsthand experience, for example, with certain technologies and how it might have impacted you or your, your history, your past. How did you start to wake up? 
were you always awake to the reality of what you're sharing? Because not everyone is walking around with this ability to tap into the truth the way you do. I understand. Thank you. Uh, yes, I, I think I, I've been, um, in that sense, very attuned since um, a, a, probably a matter of a few months old. Certainly by the age of two, I was absolutely attuned and aware of sun, moon and stars. And, and I, I'm one of those creepy kids that had a, a memory that started um, when I was less than six months old. So I had a very liquid memory from being in a carry cot, being incredibly frustrated for a long time to the extent that by the time I was five, I, I genuinely felt like an old man because time dilates when you're young and dilates when you're very old as well. So one of the great benedictions of, of, of the lords of time and God knows those mofos aren't very good at benediction, but they, they are very gracious when it comes to the newborns, the infants, they dilate time. So a child will be in that kind of quasi-typhonic state of consciousness for, for almost ever. It just weeks and days and months go on forever as a child. Remember that if you cast your memory back to being, you know, 18 months old, two years old, three years old, it's like, oh my God, when's the, when's it going to win? When, when are mom and dad going to stop watching the news on TV and then give me attention, whatever. And then when we get very old and you go into an old age home or go and meet your great granddad, you know, and you've got a tick tock of that bloody clock and the little budgie in the, in the cage. And we've all had those experiences with old people where you just sit in that room and there's this kind of weird, eerie kind of slow vibe. That's because quite literally time is dilating around the biological forms of people in their 80s and 90s and so on. Nowadays, that's changing because people in their 70s and 80s are actually like people in their 50s, 30, 40 years ago. And that's going to increase. So by the time um, you and I are in our old age, actually, it, we will have moved into the inversion even further. And so because we are moving into the imminent immortal realm. That's something which is right here with us in, in this generation and certainly between now and, and uh, um, 20, um, 2046. Um, 20, yeah, between now and 202046, we're going to see that full uh, reconnection um, with the eminent divine um, spiral of Alcyon or however you want to describe it, the, the imminent template of, of which, which is our genesis. Okay, having come from that that point, and I'm, I'm going to get back to your question in a moment. But the fact is that we are biologically um, intended to live for thousands of years and speak to any advanced um, scientist in, in, in biology. And they'll tell you the same thing, that the human body is foundationally designed to live for a thousand years. No problem. Provided, provided we don't have these mutant frequencies in our environment or in the atmosphere, like depleted uranium and these, all of these mutant isotopes. So that, that's the stuff that downgrades us and brings about entropy and slows down the spin and all of that. And then the, as I said, the mutations, and the metastases begin and then decay, disease and death follow. As we move further into the resurrection, the regenesis, which is underway now already, um, we're going to see all of that. We're going to be shedding that at, uh, exponentially quickly in the days ahead. I was aware of the ascension and the inverse or reverse ascension. Um, and I'm sorry, to, I shouldn't have dropped that in because I, it, it invites me to explain what I mean. Let me just leave it at this. I know what I mean by inverse or reverse ascension. And, and that's another conversation. But to talk in terms of the, of the mechanics of ascension. I, I bore witness to that in the late 1980s. And I'm happy nowadays to speak about that, but that was a, and many people have had experiences like this or similar. I've spoken to, certainly by now in my life, I've spoken to hundreds of people who've had not just near death experiences, but um, spiritual epiphanies and not through gargling ayahuasca or chewing, you know, mushrooms or, you know, downing DMT, but actually the, 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 the organic, epiphany is the one that we really want to watch for because the ones that we do as you know and and and, and we scale those those heights in the inner scape in a, in a in an organic way it's 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 meritorious you've earned 
that in your state of consciousness and therefore and thereby and thereafter you're able to access that same neural sort of psychoneural pathway to that state of grace or that state of, of being i've had that in my life for, since the late 1980s which is what 30 years so I'm very practiced in my own life I'm talking about. This is just as it relates to me, the inner sanctum of my being, my own communion with the divine and with the paramagnetic um, earth and with the dielectric universe and with all living systems, which is to say every single thing because everything's a living system, including the rocks and the pebbles and the you know, sand on the beach. So the communion I have with the alpha and the omega um, is, is uh, is, is a beautiful thing and it's it's locked into a beautiful space because I understand uh, for myself that um, the process of evolution as it moves into an ascension paradigm. And I've learned in the last 30 years, especially in 1997 when I sort of stepped out of time in late 1997 and I learned the I'm sounding a little bit like a prick saying this. I, I was forced, I didn't learn it because I'm intelligent or spiritually advanced. I was forced uh, through an experience that I had into learning um, the craft of stepping out of time. It was a survival mechanism. It was either that or death. And I chose to step out of time. And that's why I speak to it so with such confidence and so vehemently. I'm well aware of what time is, the myth of time. And I'm well aware that it's a mutant program that has served us to this point, that it no longer serves us. And that time and the idea of time now is actually the thing that is destroying us and eating us. The minute we have stepped out of time and relinquished false light adherence to TikTok time, especially to the Babylonian imposition of 1260 time and the 12 month calendar which isn't doesn't exist it's highly illicit to talk in terms of 12 month calendar it's a 13 month in a year always was always will be in this temporal existence no it won't always be the moon will ultimately leave orbit the moon is an artificial object which steered was steered into our orbit that is clear to anyone who really knows this stuff absolutely crystal clear Okay, I've met with astronauts, three, two astronauts and rocket scientists who work in, um, in the secret space program and the space. In fact, I've even met another rocket scientist yesterday, amazing woman who's working on the lunar uh, module right now. Everything we think we know about the moon, BS, nonsense, forget about it. That's also part of the cult programming. The fact of the matter is that the moon is probably less than 6,000 years old, not much older than 6,000 years in, in as much as it's not been in our orbit. Or I'm certainly, I'll put, I'll put it out to your audience. Anyone out there in, in, in the audience who can give any evidences at all of the moon having been in our orbit beyond 6,000 years behind us, please let me know because I can't find hieroglyphs or petroglyphs or old cosmological charts in the Namibian desert. I can't find any evidences that the moon has been in our orbit for longer than 6,000 years, which if you understand the grand procession of the equinox is a perfect segue because 6,000 years ago describes the nadir point, the absolute low point of the galactic cycle which to my mind means that that was the point at which that technology was steered in to our um, solar system in order to create a disconnect between the earth and the sun and literally to hijack the hyperdimensional umbilical that exists between earth, Gaia and the sun. Wait, so that is really interesting because my mind is saying, well, how does the moon, how does the moon influence the cycle of women? So. Right. The umbilical cord of women if yes. what was happening what was happening before absolutely well in that in that sense the moon is the technology that harvests human soul and the the moon is that primary technology that intercedes and interposes 
between our divine nature and our mortal misery. The moon is the, the technology that harvests the life force out of us. And because we are foundationally disconnected from the true source, which in, in our solar system is the sun, the life giver. In any event, that, that's another longer conversation, but it does, you know, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting one. I, I've been aware of, and that stuff was taught to me by shamans, incidentally. This is not stuff that I've just hypothesized. I mean, I, you know, the moon stuff was taught to me by Jose Arguelles, the Vallon Votan, the great iconic man who died in 2011. He was the man who decoded the long count Sulkan of the Mayans in the 1970s and designated the, the 2012 meme because he decoded the 21st of December 2012 was when the end of time, according to the Mayans, was to, was to occur. And um, turns out he was the reincarnation of the last of the Mayan high priests. Not because he, again, you know, dropped acid in the 60s or the 70s and had an epiphany that that was his reincarnation, but because when he was a child, his father had taken him, uh, being Mexican, taken him to um, Chichen Itza. And a group of priests, shaman priests, had been waiting in the jungle there for him when he arrived. They said, you've arrived on time. And the father said, what do you mean? I'm just bringing my child here to look at the pyramid in the jungle. And they said, no, you brought our master. So he was initiated. He was a toddler. And all the priests met him in the jungle. And he was uh, lionized, recognized then as being Balon Votan when he was a child. So he then went on to decode the Long Count Sulkan. And he came and stayed here. In fact, that was his seat in the, in the corner of my living room that corner there. He sat there uh, for a month, God love him, and decoded at nighttime, he would go out there. I don't know if you can see out there, but I have a beautiful uh, round ballet out there by the pool. And he would sit out there till the early hours of the morning, decoding the star codes. And uh, in, in the daytime, he'd be working out the, the mathematics of that. But you know, I, I learned about the moon from <laughs> arguably the greatest vizier on the subject of the moon. That's my point. Um, so it's not uh, not theoretics, hard viziers, oracles, shaman, soothsayers, the real flame keepers and wisdom keepers uh, in this world. Um, these are the the guardians who we need to listen to. I did a a keynote slideshow lecture presentation virtually at the Uluru Congress in Australia on the 21st of December, just gone a couple of weeks ago. And that was a seminal date. The 21st of December, 2020 was the next epochal dateline of, of convention in this earth plane of the issue of the rainbow serpent and how those hyperdimensional energies are now unleashed and moving around the earth, which is why we're going through such a cacophonous, um, um, bizarre um, state of dystopia right now. It's all connected uh, to that. In any event, I could, I could wax uh, lyrical on the subject of the sun, moon and stars, but the answer to your question is I've been uh, alert somewhat and attuned somewhat um, for getting on for half a century to the machinations of this world. I've got a long memory. I also lost my memory in 1999. So there's a period of many years where I, I had to rebuild it and reforge it in more of a kind of quantum sense, which I think I've done fairly well because I still have no adherence to time now, none at all. But um, I think that's, that's also part of my learning was to really look at how to step out of time because I had a memory expunging and I knew how that served me at the time. I mean, having going around for a period of time, having no sense of time and having lost all my memory and um, having to rebuild and reconfigure in a quantum sense. I then saw that the, the, the incredible gift that it was 
to be able to relinquish adherence to time and move into the quantum typhonic kind of limitless ineffable nature of who we truly be albeit i was technically mad at the time for a period of maybe six months i would absolutely have been clinically diagnosed as being loony i wasn't i was in a state of abject genius i was communicating with birds and trees and the fractality of nature and i've never even smoked marijuana so i mean or chewed a mushroom i'm like super sober but i know the mathematics of what i went through was a kind of a shamanic induction for me into the mechanics of time, the mechanics of ascension, so that when I chose to speak about this blah, blah, I would do so with a real sense of, of, of orientation, you know, on the subject. Thank you for asking the question. Wow. You know, short of anyone else getting hit in the head with a two by four, how might everyone access this quantum space? I say that because I also in well early 2000s went through a period of losing my memory and sense of time. And that lasted a while. So while you probably get, I, I, you say you get an A plus plus or whatever that thing is, cancel, clear, delete. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think maybe I opened up to it and then forgot. So there is this like opening and forgetting, right? And, but, but when you're there, and I was pissed too, but I, it, it was an opening up to, oh, there are other dimensions. So short of anyone getting hit in the head with a two by four, or like right now, maybe a decade ago, even five years ago, people had to do deep personal work to do their work, right? And heal and heal and transform to, to evolve. And, and there's just this quantum quantum opportunity now. So respecting your time and we're nearing towards there, um, how can you speak to that as we? You, you keep doing this to me. I didn't get the question. Oh. I love this, but I didn't get the question. Okay. Well, hmm, that's good feedback for me. Um, the question is short of like, when you, you had that experience that you had where you had to really step out of, of time and yeah. understand time. And so did I. And but everyone isn't going to have that opportunity. And so, and every, we don't have to do 10, 20, 30 years of our deep personal work right now to evolve, to open up to the realities, the multidimensional reality of now. So what do you suggest to people? Got it. Who are, Got it. Yeah. Okay. So if we want to, if we truly, if we're serious about the question and we truly want to move into coherence or to reconvention with our supernature, our Atman, with our highest expression, with our euphoric state, with our bliss peak wave. If we want to catch that or surf that and truly go into that state of grace, actually, the formula is incredibly simple, but you have to be incredibly honest with self, incredibly authentic about the process and you've got to be standing in truth that's the essential piece is to be standing in pure truth directly beneath the gaze of the sun the central sun now that's a, an imagined sun but it's the truest sun you simply shut your eyes and you you step under that radiance directly beneath the sun and if you stand directly beneath the central sun you cast no shadow okay that's why i say central sun and that's why i say pure truth and i say directly beneath because this is i'm trying to cult program you into understanding the absolute nature of truth pure truth you must position yourself in that quanta within the sanctity of your own life. It doesn't matter what anyone else says or thinks. You must disidentify, disentangle, and disengage from family, from partners, from lovers, husbands, wives, children, mentors, all of it. You must only be exacting this upon self because you cannot lie in this place. You cannot negotiate pure truth. You must not use fuzzy logic. You must be absolutely truthful to self, one. And the second one, the 
The second piece here is how we then move forward in life and enact or embody. And that is to do with right action. So right action is the issue of pure truth. But we are meant to act in this world. We're not meant to bear witness. We're meant to act in a state of grace, in a state of witness. And a state of witness is to not judge ever. You must not judge. Judgment is a terrible crime against self. One must suspend all judgment. All judgment is a condemnation of an explicit object or idea that is itself a reflection of an unresolved aspect of you. You can never cast a stone at anything or anyone outside of self where you are not actually casting a stone at yourself and thereby causing yourself real harm and real injury at the soul level. Don't judge things. Absolutely not. Analyze things all you like. Comprehend things all you like. Navigate in and around things all you like. Do not condemn. Do not judge. Bear witness. Bear witness. Only bear witness. So, and I'm giving you the tricks of the trade here because pure truth, standing beneath the, the, the eternal gaze of the central sun, pure truth, and enacting right action and embodying right action in this world. That's all you need to do to activate that shamanic impulse. So right action and pure truth is the intersection of the divine nature of supernature. As long as you practice that in absolute authenticity in your life, in the now. So my living philosophy that I evolved in the last few years is, is stand in pure truth and conduct right action in the geometry of now and that assures the highest outcome in any situation and that that's as simple as it gets it's incredibly complicated because we're such treacherous liars we're we're born to deceive and to lie that's what this realm this fictitious temporal realm is all about that's why we send kids to school we we teach them how to lie in school and how to pretend that they're this or that and we, 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 we program them and we, we mutate them, you know, and, and lawyers and doctors and everyone is a liar. The reason we use bonds and spells, that's, that's all we have actually in this, this, this temporal realm is bonds and spells. We are exchanging and communicating with each other. We're trying to manipulate and coerce and convince one another, even in this conversation, you know, there's that aspect of, of me and my ego, which is responding to your inquiry. And I'm trying to sell my snake oil to you as words, as bonds, as spells. And, and, and that's just the nature of human exchange and dialogue. But just be honest. I'm being authentic. We're lying to one another. Uh, I'm not as amazing as I may sound. And, you know, uh, that, that's, you know, so the point is we're always, we're all, that, that's the beauty also of, of the human animal is that we are constantly projecting and promoting and lionizing and idolizing you know and sensationalizing and exaggerating and i'm saying if you want to step into supernature and if you want to engage that kundalini rising and you want to have that incredible shamanic experience it is yours for the taking baby but you must be absolutely authentic, absolutely real. And that's got a lot to do with sovereignty. In fact, it has everything to do with sovereignty at the soul level, which is where it gets complicated because you can't be in right action and pure truth if you're wearing a mask on your face. Can't be, sorry, doesn't work, sorry. No, doesn't work. You cannot. You cannot be in right action or pure truth if you pay income tax either. You cannot, and I could go on. I'm not going to because I'm in a pacific mood right now. But the point I'm making is it is very complex in that sense of the mechanics of our lives. The machinations of our lives have conspired to make us frauds and make us liars. So how many of us are 
authentic. How many of us never lie to self? I'm not capable of lying to myself, not capable of any, any longer. I've, I've bled myself dry. I've beaten myself so hard and I've died at that level of the ego level and then rebuilt an even bigger ego, but one that is always in coherence. And, and, and that's ultimately what we can do and should do in this world is to reclaim our voices, our ego, our, but once we've clarified those aspects of self and we're not using them as a false utility to trade more deceptions in this realm of tears, in this veil of tears. We must only be acting in grace and kindness. We must never be causing harm, loss or injury to other living souls, never. And at the same time, we must be prepared to fight and defend to the death, the vulnerable, the infirm, the weak. It brings us back to the concept of cognitive dissonance, because that's the, the work, I think, for, for me, I know the work is in that discernment, pure truth, right action, non-judgment with everything you say, right? With, with, whoa, moving our own veil and seeing where we're living in cognitive dissonance. How do you be part of the matrix, but completely disagree and, out of, and it's so out of alignment with truth. So I know my work from, from this moment forward and your leadership and inspiration and the way you speak this gracious imprint and on humanity, offering these new, but not new, or new, new visions of the possibilities and new timelines that we get to choose right now. I am so in such gratitude to you, really, because I have to say that you've, you've really forced me up to up my game in alignment with my own truth. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you. Very beautiful words. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Catalyst Talks. Stay tuned for what's up next and please subscribe to our podcast and rate us wherever you listen. You'll find these all at catalysttalks.com. Join the conversation on social media. And if you'd like to reach out, please send me, Stephanie, a private message through stephanietraker.com. Your attention means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you.